You're now listening to the Boys in the Booth podcast with your hosts, Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to episode 84 of the Boys in the Booth podcast. No Casey Abrams for the second week in a row. He is in the moving process still up in Collingwood. So it's just myself, Harper Cody, and Chad Melbourne joining us from the six in Toronto. Uh, Chad, how you doing, man? I am just peachy, Harper. Um, on the on the Casey topic, he said that he actually hates hockey, so he doesn't he didn't <laughs> want to join us uh, for the second week in a row. Think he's, he's quitting. I, yeah, I, I think he's getting into competitive swimming. I think that's he's going to start a podcast on that. Um, but no, I am I am absolutely peachy, dude. There was a cotton candy sunset sky behind me tonight uh, to the west, just behind me. That was fantastic. Um, I'm wearing my Boys in the Booth champion branded new hoodie, so that's great. I've got a Michelob Ultra in my Toronto Maple Leafs glass, and uh, I got my first vaccine, my first dose of, of the Pfizer vaccine. So I just, I couldn't be better. Everything is 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 going swimmingly, and to add on to that, you got a, a brand new microphone as well, which... It, it, Oh my God, I've been bugging you for so long to get one. And you finally did. And you sound phenomenal, doesn't he, listeners? Oh my God. And speaking of the listeners, that's the reason why Harp was able to get a new a new mic because we did so well on the merch sales. And that's all thanks to you guys. So yeah, Harp, just in summary, I am in a great mood and uh, just haven't haven't felt this great in a while. How are you doing, man? Well, glad to hear that. And yeah, you mentioned the new mic. I've got a nice uh, Cronenberg uh, that I'm sipping on as well. So we got the pints going. And, and yeah, this new mic is great. Uh, the Blue Yeti mic, of course, like what you have, what Case has as well. Very popular, very sleek. They sound great. So I'm glad I sound good for once on this podcast. So. Yeah, it might might take a couple episodes to get the settings that you'd like and, and that you prefer yeah. to make it sound the best. But I think uh, it's, it's definitely... Definitely a good step up for the audio quality for for our pod. For sure, and uh, congrats on you and 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 Paige, your girlfriend, of course, on getting the vaccines. So that that's great stuff. And and Chad, uh, we'll get into what we're going to talk about in this episode, and we're going to keep it short. No Casey uh, for this one, uh, as we mentioned right off the top. We're just going to go into some current events. We'll start with the Tom Wilson incident from a week ago today, actually. Uh, then we'll get into just a couple of incredible seasons uh, for Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple. Connor McDavid of the Edmonton Oilers as well, of course, um, and uh, the Jack Eichel situation in Buffalo to, to wrap things up. So, Melbs, why don't we start with the Tom Wilson incident? Brr. 
Breaking news, this important PSA is brought to you by Manscaped.com. This is your pubic service announcement and the news that you've all been waiting for. The Manscaped engineering team has confirmed that they've successfully created the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is now available for purchase in the USA and Canada. This new trimmer was just released only a few days ago, and we're one of the first to get our hands on it and share the good news. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer for you 20% off and free worldwide shipping using the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. I'm one of the first people to try out the new 4.0 and I'm blown away by the performance. The craftsmanship and the details in the 4.0 are next level. Their advanced ceramic blade and skin safe technology is so good that it almost seems as if Manscaped worked with Elon Musk's engineers to ensure that your testes are as safe as possible. Honestly, I didn't know that they could improve on the lawnmower 3.0 but this 4.0 is insane and let me tell you why what makes this trimmer different than all other trimmers a new multi-function on and off switch can engage a travel lock created for people who like to travel the lawnmower 4.0 also gives you the ability to turn the 4000k led spotlight on and off for when you need a more precise shave the new trimmer even allows you to customize your trim all over through additional guard lengths with sizes one to four and looks wise it's sleek with a two toned matte and gloss finish and even features a hot foil stamped back chrome manscaped logo. Show that mower off loud and proud. The optimized lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof so you can groom in the shower and not have to worry about making a mess on the bathroom floor. And did I mention wireless charging? The lawnmower 4.0's new wireless charging system uses electromagnetic induction which can help battery length last longer. If you're still trimming your face with your ball trimmer, it's it's time to make some changes. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. No person wants to end up with pubes in their mouth and your balls will thank you. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BITB20 at manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping worldwide at manscaped.com. Use the code BITB20 at checkout. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. And now, back to the podcast. So, a week ago today, um, the the Capitals are playing the New York Rangers at Madison Square Garden. It's a whistle in front of the Washington net. Uh, There's a scrum that ensues. Wilson puts uh, Pavel Buchnevich's face into the ice uh, and then it's mayhem from there. Uh, Artemi Panarin tries to stand up for his teammate, gets absolutely ragdolled from Tom Wilson, uh, who's a big body, as we know, has a history of, um, you know, not following the rules and, and uh, only ends up with a $5,000 fine from the National Hockey League. Just absolutely ridiculous but before i I jump in on this what were your thoughts well first of all the five thousand dollar fine that is essentially the equivalent of me or someone else with with an average salary paying maybe (laughs) maybe a hundred bucks for a dinner one night you know like it's not hurting tom wilson to to fork out five grand that's just it's a joke like it 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 makes the nhl look like a mickey mouse league when you know guys are getting fined five thousand and one thousand dollars just for 
just nonsense. Like Tom Wilson definitely should have gotten suspended. Um, you look at the play, dude, uh, the one on Buchnevich where he's in a prone position, his head is against the ice, and Tom Wilson essentially sucker punched him. It wasn't that hard, and maybe that's the justification for why he wasn't suspended. But nonetheless, it could have been a lot worse. And the fact that it was to the head, no matter how hard it is, um, with intent to injure, I just think that it's a no-brainer. He should have got suspended. I think the NHL royally messed up uh, this call here. And then with Panarin, that's equally as dangerous because he didn't have a helmet on. I, I understand that Panarin jumped Wilson and he was the one to um, you know initiate that scrum or that contact because somebody has to stand up for Buchnevich or their goalie uh, for a matter of fact because you know that's how the scrum ensued but it's just it's just crazy to me that Panarin had no helmet on and Wilson was able to ragdoll him around for probably a good five seconds without anybody sort of jumping in and it the whole thing was just dangerous I thought it was a bad look on the NHL um and you know what Kevin Bieksa was on Hockey Night in Canada the other night when I was watching the Leafs and Habs and he was essentially the only one defending uh, Tom Wilson and his actions. Not to say that Bieksa agreed with the actions or thought that no discipline was warranted, but Bieksa was essentially saying that, you know, these were love taps, scrums have to happen, it's a part of the game. Well, I'll go on record right now and say, yeah, like I, I might love the old school hockey game and, and those scrums and fighting and everything, but there's a difference between policing your own game and and obeying the code and then doing what Tom Wilson did there's a complete difference there he was outside of of the code by miles by country miles and you can say what you will you know maybe if there was a bigger guy on the ice for for the Rangers someone could have stepped in and done something but like I don't think that's that's necessary i don't think that's how the game should be played i think these are dangerous dangerous plays made by tom wilson and i think he should be he should have been suspended for a long time and i'm not even talking like it was it was thrown around a lot of people were saying you know maybe suspend him for the end of the season and that was i think they had five or six games left something like that at the time i was thinking suspend him for at least a round of the playoffs like make this guy pay for these dangerous plays because if you don't then you don't set the precedent well in fact you do set a precedent but it's the wrong one you set the precedent of yeah you're allowed to do this and all you all you'll get is a slap on the wrist so I just think the NHL mishandled this whole situation. I don't think I'm in the minority with that opinion. Um, anyways, I, I kind of have been airing my thoughts on this. I haven't really talked about it with anybody. It's been about a week. So there's uh, my little rant. Harp, what were your thoughts on this this whole crazy situation, dude? Well, I, I, a couple of notes before I give my thoughts. We, we should note that Tom Wilson uh, and Alexander Ovechkin actually uh, both reached out to Artemi Panarin to check on him uh, after what happened. And then, of course, the statement comes out from the New York Rangers, um, uh, essentially calling for uh, the firing of George Peros. And then uh, the hammer comes down. Jeff Gordon and uh, John Davidson 
get the axe in New York. Chris Drury takes over. And then, of course, uh, there was uh, uh, the just the parade to the penalty box uh the the next game between the rangers and and the capitals and it ends up being buchnevich who's the bad guy with his cross check to the face of anthony mantha so just a couple of notes there uh in sort of the uh the uh trickle down effect from this whole thing with tom wilson but for my take chad um and I, I, I got to give credit to uh, the hockey guy on YouTube, Shannon. Don't know what his last name is. He's out of Vancouver, of course. He's a great follow, as you and I know. Uh, we watch a lot of his videos. But he said that, uh, you know, this is a really bad look for the National Hockey League to only hand down a $5,000 fine to a repeat offender. Something like this. And, and, and of course, God forbid, it, it does happen again. But it very well could happen again and where it could end someone's career. Mm-hmm. And he said that um, he thought this was similar in a way to the Todd Bertuzzi, Steve Moore incident yeah. that either Panarin or Buchnevich could have been seriously uh, hurt here. And um, it could be a whole different story. So, you know what, when, when, uh, when I watched his video, um, and and he said those things. I thought, wow, he, he's he's absolutely right because this was so dangerous, so reckless by a repeat offender, and to only get a five thousand dollar fine for it—that's absolutely ridiculous. But hey, it's water under the bridge now. I was really happy to see the way the Rangers responded, particularly Brendan Smith uh, going at Tom Wilson, dropping the mitts from him. But yeah, uh, the next time an incident like this happens, the National Hockey League has to get it right. You can talk about the fact that and make a slippery slope argument and say, okay, well, if you allow this to happen, then you're also allowing or you are allowing, you know, soccer punches essentially to the back of the head. And if you allow that, then you're allowing more dirty hits and you can make the arguments like that and 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 that's that's valid in my opinion and and i think those are true and that's that's right but you can also make the argument by saying you know if if one of these players whether it was put panarin or buchnevich actually did get hurt and it did end their career then there's no doubt in my mind that tom wilson is getting a suspension maybe for the, the the rest of the playoffs. But the fact that they didn't get hurt and the fact that that plays a role to me, that kind of just rubs me the wrong way because as the NHL and, and George Peros and, and the director of player safety, and that the message that he is sending by ruling that Tom Wilson only deserves a $5,000 fine, he's sending the message, he's saying that, you know, if a player doesn't get hurt, no matter what you do, then the suspension isn't going to be that intense or that lengthy. And I think that's the wrong message to send because hockey and and just all sports in general, like it's it's a game of you know split second decisions, and anything can happen. And you know maybe Panarin's head hit the ice and he got a, a concussion that ended his career or maybe Buchnevich, you know, he punched him in a way that maybe hit his temple or however, like I'm not a, you know, brain surgeon, I don't, but I'm just saying, you know, maybe something 
happens that is so sudden and so specific that it caused an injury to occur that you know ends a player's career i don't think you should have to wait for that to happen i think the nhl should look at it from the opposite side of that and say okay look we have to take preventative measures to get plays like this out of the game so that we don't even have to talk about players having career ending injuries so to me, it just the whole way that the NHL handled it just kind of completely rubs me the wrong way, and I just disliked it completely. And and there's so much more to say, you know, like with the firings of of Jeff Gordon and the statement for for George Peros's head and and all of that. There's so much more to say, but we we don't have that much time for this short episode. So I I do think we should move on. Any like f- yep. final final uh, takes on on that whole situation. Yeah, no, uh, uh, the only thing I'll I'll say to wrap it up is that uh, I just hope that uh, the next time something like this happens, the NHL and the the Department of Player Safety, uh, they get it right and the proper punishment uh, is uh, is ordered. So uh, we'll move on to something more positive, and uh, that is uh, on two players, two superstars in the National Hockey League, who are just having outstanding seasons in this shortened 56 game. Uh, 2021 uh, NHL season, and we'll start with Austin Matthews of the Toronto Maple Leafs. 40 goals in 49 games, Chad. Uh, what do you have to say about AM34 in your home city? It's just unbelievable, right? Like, it's it's just too bad that we can't see Matthews this year or last year play out a full season and see what he can do because. Yes, he's on pace for, I think it's 66 or 67 goals this year, which is just incredible. And by the way, that would be the highest goal total um, since Lanny McDonald in 1983 when he had uh, 66 Genos. So that is just insane, the kind of year he's having. And Austin Matthews is such a big game player, right? We know this. So do you not think with, you know, maybe five games left, if he's at, say, 62 goals or something, he would just pile it on and get to 70 or hit a number like that. Like, just hit an absolutely stupid number. Like, it's just too bad that this season and last we haven't been able to see Austin Matthews truly show what he can do over that full season. So it's just, it's remarkable what he's been able to do in the shortened season. But that's that's my one wish is that, you know, looking back on this and we, we could see Matthews play a full year like this. And I guess we have next year to look forward to and we'll see what he can do. But it's just, uh, you know, it's just too bad. And in the same argument kind of can be made about Ovechkin. You look back at, you know, the, the time that he missed, you know, with the two lockouts and then, you know the 0405 lockout and then the shortened year in 2013 and then also you know this season shortened last season shortened like he's missed out on a ton of goals so it just when greatness you know presents itself on the biggest stage of hockey and that's of course the nhl it just makes you wonder you know and and it makes you wonder what could have been achieved so that those are my initial thoughts on matthews what a year, man. He's just been incredible. And then 
I guess actually first we'll get your thoughts on on Matthews and then we can talk about McDavid who also is just on another planet as well. Well, you know what? Like that uh that 11.634 million dollar cap hit, it it looked like a lot um a couple of years ago, but man, right now he is earning every penny and just he's got the best release in the National Hockey League. That goal he scored against Montreal where he bats the puck at a midair and then just fires it in uh, past, uh, was it Carey Price or Jake Allen? It was Allen. It was Allen, yeah. yeah. I still, you know, a very good goaltender and, and just uh, like he has done some incredible things this year and it, it's really fun to see. So uh, that that's it. You pretty much said it all, man. And uh, we'll, we'll go on to Connor McDavid well, now. Well, hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Okay. Before we do, I've got a couple more things just on Matthews here. And, <laughs> of course and, you do. <laughs> yeah, of course I do. Um, what I wanted to say was, um, so he's on pace for 66 goals right now because yep. he has 40 goals in 50 games played. So he's played one since uh, since getting 40 goals, and, and he, he put up a blank in, in the goals department there. But uh, only nine players in the NHL have scored more than 66 goals in a season. Okay, and now some of these players have done it multiple times. Wayne Gretzky, I think, did it like five times or something, something ridiculous. And same with with Lemieux. But listen to this list. Okay, these are the nine players who have scored more than 66 goals. And again, you want Matthews to play a full season to actually have these numbers in the bank. But let's just, you know, let's pretend he he continued his pace because 56 games that's that's no slouch of a year like that's more than half a season so let's let's pretend that Matthews continued his pace and didn't actually ramp up okay let's pretend he continued his pace and got 66 goals there are only nine other players in the league who have scored more than 66 in a season Wayne Gretzky Mario Lemieux Brett Hall Timo Solani Alex McGilmey didn't know he was in there Yari Curry, Bernie Nichols, very cool name there. Yeah. Um, Mike Bossy and Phil Esposito. Ever heard of those nine guys? Like, we are witnessing greatness right there. And I have two bold claims to make right now um, about Austin Matthews. And I think my Leafs bias is, is going to come through in these claims. So you might you might disagree with me here, but they're kind of they're kind of fun. Um, so the first one is. I think Austin Matthews is the best goal scorer um, of the modern era. And I I think he's better than Alex Ovechkin. And I know he's only played a few seasons and Ovi has just done it over a long time. And Ovi might have the most goals at the end of his career in the entire history of the league. But I just look at Matthews and how he plays and where he scores his goals from and how he does it at five on five and he doesn't score any empty netters and the power play has been so bad for the Leafs over the last couple months. Like, I just look at him and how he scores goals and how deceptive he is and I think he's just better at anybody else in the league in in the modern era because you look at Ovechkin as the counterpart. That's the obvious, you know, that that's the guy and he scores a ton of goals. A lot of them are on the power play, and a lot of them are from that same spot 
Impressive, absolutely impressive. I love Ovi. I think he's phenomenal, but that's my bold claim. I think Matthews is the best goal scorer of the modern era. And of course, it's subject to change. We'll see how Matthews finishes out his career, and same with Ovi. But that's my first bold claim about Matthews. Um, get your take on both of them after. Second bold claim is, and and I'm not even kidding, I think Austin Matthews is the second best player in the NHL. Wow. I, those are my two bold claims. So it just like before we move on to McDavid, I know we <laughs> want to talk about him. And like yeah. I said, I think my Leafs bias is showing through a little bit. But just what are your thoughts on those on those claims? Well, I uh, I I I can I can get behind your first claim. Um, you know, when you look at Ovechkin as a goal scorer, it's just it's the big body with the big one timer uh, on on that uh, on that left side um on on the power play but with matthews just his ability to corral the puck settle it down um just uh and the deception and to trick the goalies it's it's his stick is angled a certain way it's it's pointed in a certain direction it looks like it's going this way and then just is able to fire it off and uh, just that release that he has. So I can certainly get behind that first claim. However, <laughs> the second claim of yours, I do think that he would be third for me uh, in uh, the top three um, uh, for for best uh, players in the NHL. I think it would go McDavid, uh, McKinnon, and then Matthews for me. That's That's the top three in the NHL right now. Yeah, fair enough. Like it's it's tough to make that argument, right? Like McKinnon is very good. Yeah, Matthews is also very good. I think he's. He, you're you're excited. I get it. Oh, you're man. you're all jazzed up about him. I get it. Anyway, Nelbs, yeah. this has been great talking about yep. AM thirty four. Let's move on to Connor McDavid because like we have to talk about how ridiculous this guy is, and he's just he's he. It's like the NHL is too easy for him. A hundred points in fifty three games. I. I I don't even know what to say. Like it's it's just I I feel like we're surprised but at the same time we're not because yeah. he is just he's that good and we knew coming into this season there was a possibility but then, you know, I I think we're all just like, ah, you know what? Like That's that a is lot. a lot and yeah. plus, you know, who knows how the Oilers are going to do um and, you know, like 95 points would be impressive. 90 points would be impressive, even a few less. But to get 100 and the season isn't even over yet, like, Melbs, he could finish the year with 105 points. Yeah. And, and that's it. Like, but he gets to the 100 point mark in 53 games. I don't know what else to say other than. Uh, he is just one of the the greatest players we will ever see in in this game, and I just don't know what else to say. So you take it away, man. Like we, you think about this. It is incredible. This is the best single season in terms of point production since Mario Lemieux in the nineties, and. Man, it's it's funny because it sort of gets overlooked when all the hype is about 
you know, McDavid doing, uh, getting 100 points in 53 games. That is unbelievable. But you put him up on a list next to Mario Lemieux, who got 100 points in 38 games. It's like, how (laughs) was that even possible? Like, were they playing with soccer nets? Like, I just don't understand. And obviously, the two eras are different and it's hard to compare, you know, and that's why Gretzky has, you know, if you take away all of Gretzky's goals, he still has more points than second place because he played in the high flying eighties and that's, you know, goals were, were easy to come by, but to do what Connor McDavid is doing right now in the game of hockey, where goaltending and defense has come so far. It has developed so far. I would argue it's gotten twice as good as it was 10 years ago. And that's saying something. It's just incredible how far goaltending, especially, I think that's the position in all major sports that's developed the most over the last 10, 15 years. And it's easy. You just look at the goalies. They're they're in shape. They're more athletic. They're bigger. They're more technical. Like you just look at it. And to do what Connor McDavid has done this season against guys like this, guys like, you know, um, why I don't want to say Freddie Anderson or Carey Price because they haven't been good, but guys like Connor Hellebuck or, or, you know, guys like Jacob Markstrom, like it's just incredible what he's been able to do in just 53 games. And I'm just looking at, you know, the, the, the points in the league right now. And Connor McDavid obviously is sitting at 100 points in 53 games. Again, ridiculous. His teammate, Leon Dreisaitl, is in second in the league. He's 21 points behind Connor McDavid. He has 79 points. Third place. So this is the race for, you know, the Art Ross, the scoring title. If you don't play on the Oilers, or better yet, if you don't, if you're not McDavid or play on McDavid's line, that's what this race is about. It's Brad Marchand and Mitch Marner. Sitting in third place in the league, tied with 67 points, dude. They are 33 points behind Connor McDavid, and they're just a couple spots back. Like, this is just, this is dominance like we've never seen. And I think yeah. when, when a player is, is, is currently playing, and this goes for Alex Ovechkin, you know, scoring 60 whatever goals, how many seasons in a row, or Steven Stamkos getting 60, or, you know, um, Sidney Crosby getting 100 points in his rookie year, and same with Ovi. Or it's just when a player is currently playing, I think they get overlooked so much in terms of the whole historical spectrum. But like, don't get caught up in the fact that McDavid is, he was born in 1997 and he's barely in, in his prime right now. We are witnessing some of the greatest hockey coming out of Edmonton right now that we've ever seen in the history of the NHL. Like, this is incredible. I can't, like, under, I can't say anything more. It's just, I'm at a loss for words when it comes to this. It's just, it's unbelievable. It, it really is, and uh, this is a cliche, but uh, McDavid is a man on a mission. 
this year. And I think he was so disappointed after the Oilers were beat out by the Blackhawks in the bubble that he just wanted to to prove something this year and wanted to take uh, take another step if that even is possible. But clearly it is. And uh, and you know what, man, like. The Oilers will go as far as as he can take them, and he's got Leon Dreisaitl as well as as his partner in crime. And yeah, I just I'm like you, Melbs. I'm at a loss for words. It is absolutely incredible, and we look forward to seeing more of McDavid and the Oilers in the upcoming Stanley Cup playoffs. One more stat before we move on from McDavid, because I sure it's just incredible. I'm just looking at his team, the players on his team, and the points they have this season. I have not seen a drop off like this ever, like in ever. Connor McDavid has a hundred points. We know that. Drysaddle has seventy nine. We know that. Third in team scoring is Maple Leafs legend defenseman Tyson Berry <laughs> with forty six points. He doesn't even have half of what McDavid has, and he's in third in scoring on his team. And then it goes Darnell Nurse, ten points less, thirty six. He's in fourth place on the team, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins comes in at the fifth spot, and he's got thirty three points on the season. And that's no that's no slouch of a year for Nuge. That's you know. It's it's about um, you know point set point six points per game or something. That's a quality middle six player right there. Like he, that's a good second liner if you can put up numbers like that. But to be in the presence of greatness of of, of Connor McDavid right now, we should all first of all recognize it. Second of all, bow to him. This is incredible, dude. Yeah, uh, he's got the Art Ross and the Hart Trophy, and uh, you know what? Put the Ted Lindsay in there. Any other awards uh, that I may be forgetting, Connor McDavid has got those locked up. He was the first overall pick in the 2015 draft. Chad, we'll now talk about the second overall pick in that draft, and that's Jack Eichel, who, you know, he's got to be looking at guys like Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews and being like, you know, I can I can get to another level as well. And I I know that if I was in a better situation, I could have success. And uh, it's been a tough year for him. He's been uh, he's been out for a few months now with uh, the herniated disc in his neck. He may need surgery. He had his exit interview. And then press conference today uh, as the as the Buffalo Sabres had their locker room clean out. And uh, John Vogel of The Athletic, who covers the Sabres, uh, d- did a great job just dissecting this whole thing. And so I'll just I'll read it off to you, Chad. Uh, Jack Eichel's exit interview featured bombshell after bombshell. So he wants to have surgery on the herniated disc in his neck. The team said no. Um, There is a grievance process in the CBA. Uh, He's upset at the disconnect between him and the organization. He intends to be ready to play next season, wherever that may be. (laughs) Um, Chad, before I jump in on this, because you know this is is big for me, just when you hear that, what do you think? I hear a player who is screaming 
to get out. And hockey has traditionally been a sport where, you know, in, in press conferences and in the media, its players are typically reserved. And for Jack Eichel to come out and say that, um, it just goes to show that, you know, he's willing to do whatever it takes to sort of let it be known that he's ready to move on. And it's frustrating from the Sabres perspective here. And I don't know what is going on with that whole disconnect. The fact that they want him to to rehab and he wants to get surgery like they're trying to follow the Connor McDavid uh you know situation where he rehabbed his knee but it's just personally I think that's ridiculous you should do whatever Jack Eichel wants to do he's your player you pay him 10 million dollars a year to be your best player to be your captain to be the face of your franchise and I just to me the way that you know the players in the Sabres dressing room were today during their exit interviews, it just seems like that disconnect has really worn down some players, and Jack Eichel is at the forefront of that. Yeah, um, I'm I'm at a loss for words again. Uh, like I said, you know how how much uh, this this hits me, obviously. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, he, uh, Paul Hamilton of WGR 550 in Buffalo, who covers the Sabres, does a great job. You know, he just said to, to Eichel, like, your your body, your choice, right? Like, yeah. and, and then Eichel just stopped him and said, yeah, Paul, it it doesn't work like that. You know, I'm under contract here and everything and, and just... He he did not hold back, and with him, that that one quote right there, wherever it may be, that's as good as saying, "Yeah, I want to be traded. Send send me elsewhere." And the other part of it too, before Jack Eichel, uh, Sam Reinhart spoke earlier in the day, and you could see the frustration there. You know, yeah. Reinhart had a very good season. And was with the team under Don Granado, and things definitely got better with with uh, the youth in the lineup. But he's another guy; he's been there for a long time, and you know him and Eichel are good buddies. And he's a restricted free agent this summer. So honestly, uh, if I were a betting man, I would say that uh, you could mark those two down as uh, as not being Buffalo Sabres next season and even a guy like Rasmus Ristolainen. We know how much uh, how many um, rumors there have been about him. He's uh, currently the longest uh, serving Sabre uh, on the team right now. And uh, yeah, there's been all kinds of rumors, like I said, but he he said uh, in his uh, in his post locker room cleanout interview today, that, uh, you know, I, I told Kevin Adams, the, the GM of the team, of course, that I'm open to, to all ideas. Uh, if you want to trade me, fine. Uh, if I'm here, that's fine, too. I've got a year left on my deal. So, I mean, it's not just Eichel. I think you look at those three guys in particular. And, and you know what, Melbs? Like, I, I hate to say this, but what about Linus Allmark? Like, does it even go as far as Lena Solmark, who who is a, a UFA um, this summer 
And uh, when asked about his contract status and everything, he just kind of brushed it off. I, I, he's focused on getting home with his family and everything. But you got to think if if your captain, your franchise player, and then uh, those other two who are significant pieces as well, you know, if they want to leave, why would a, a, a solid starting NHL goaltender want to stick around too? So obviously really tough for me really tough for for all sabers fans to hear all of that today um i i I do think that you know there are a lot of uh there are still maybe not a lot but some positives uh you look at still uh the youth on this team and guys like rasmus dalene and dylan cousins and casey middlestad the list goes on but man this was this was tough uh, to to hear from from Jack Eichel, but again, not really surprising. Uh, you you add the the lack of success during his time here uh, in in Buffalo, and um, just this this whole thing with with the surgery and the disconnect and everything. Um, I forget who tweeted it out, but they said it perfectly. That could be the icing on the cake. Yeah, it's there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack. Obviously, you can you can read into these things all day long and we probably will be all, you know, during the whole off season, but you know, Linus Olmark, that's an interesting one. He needs a contract. Um Sam Reinhart, that's an interesting one. He's an RFA. Rasmus Dahlin to me is a very interesting case because he has dominated at every level coming up to the NHL, and he even has put up some decent numbers in the NHL, but you just look at the system that the Sabres play, and it's just not conducive to you know hot-shot offensive defensemen to be able to put up points. And I just feel like Rasmus Dahlin anywhere else is you know a 60 plus point defender and you know consistently and he's a guy you want out there all the time in your top four I think he really has the potential to be great and for me that's the most concerning one because we've seen a steady decline over his time in Buffalo so far you know he had a good rookie year and it just seems that you know things haven't been coming together and just with everything going on in Buffalo, I just think to myself, you know, there are so many players on this team that I would love to see get a change of scenery. And for me, Dalene is up there as number one. Jack Eichel obviously is number two, um, or at least up there. And then Sam Reinhardt. And then, you know, the list goes on. So it's just frustrating as a player also to have that disconnect with management. Like I said, Jack is your guy. You should, like, you cut him a check for 10 times 8. So I just don't understand why you're not, like, you've already committed the resources to him. You know, so why not build around him and and put him in the best position to succeed? And I get that they tried to do that in the offseason, bringing in guys like Eric Stahl and Taylor Hall, and it just didn't work out. But to me, there's just something wrong, like, I don't think they were uh, particularly coached well. Um, I think no. Granado now is is could he could be a long term option if they want, but 
I just don't know. Like this team, when Botterill was the GM, it just didn't seem like they had a real direction. And and right now they've had so many high draft picks, and Dylan Cousins is the most recent one. But I just I just don't see how you can justify telling the owners of this team, and and that's the Pagulas, that you're going to go through another rebuild. It, it, to me, it's just it's. It's baffling, and and if you're an owner, and especially in a, a group of owners as involved as the Pagulas are, and you hear that your team's not going to compete for another four years with the pieces that you have and the pieces that you've drafted over the last, you know, since Jack Eichel in 2015, second overall, it's just insane, and I just don't understand why this team is so bad and has been so bad and and we were talking off air before this right like how I was saying you can't even count the last month of this season because they didn't have Jack Eichel um they had Sam Reinhardt as their only capable forward um and that might be a slight to some other guys but I don't mean that it's just it is what it is right um, you didn't have Taylor Hall. You didn't have Linus Olmark or any goalie for that matter. You've had, you know, uh, Doogie Hauser, whoever the hell. He won two games. So it's just like, yeah, you, you can't count the, that last month of the season. But man, something's got to give in Buffalo. The attitude of the players today at their at their locker room cleanout is just abysmal, and I can't believe we are still talking about the Sabres and the fact that they're bad. It's just incredible. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, I, I, it's, it's got to get better eventually, right? I mean, yeah. it's, you know, and uh, yeah, I, I think they, they played better down the stretch and some younger guys really elevated their play. But, um, you know, we, we move from kind of a positive there to how they played under Don Granado uh, down the stretch to what Jack Eichel and others had to say today. And, and that's where we're at. So we'll have to wait and see a um, couple things. We do know it's going to be a very interesting off season for the Sabres and good luck to Kevin Adams because uh, <laughs> his phone is going to be ringing off the hook. So uh, there you go. That's yeah, for sure. Um, and we'll we'll end it off there, Chad. This was great. Uh, looking forward to getting uh, Casey back in next week. And uh, congrats again on you and Paige getting your vaccines. And we'll talk to you again next week. So thanks for this, brother. And and uh, yeah, thanks to our listeners. This has been episode eighty four of the podcast. Cheers. This has been another episode of Boys in the Booth with Harper Cody, Chad Melbourne, and Casey Abrams. New episodes every Monday on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Connect with the Boys in the Booth on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Boys in the Booth. Visit boysinthebooth.com for show details. And don't forget, you can become a patron of the podcast for just $1 a month at www.patron.com slash boysinthebooth.